This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On this episode of The Heat Check... The Milwaukee Bucks fire head coach Adrian Griffin, and you'll never guess, folks, who they're thinking about bringing back in this fucking place. You will be stunned. Miami, the Heat, finally makes a trade before the deadline, and I don't know how long it's been. Embiid has his best game in his entire career. He dropped 70. Carl Anthony Towns has the best game in franchise history, and yet he turns his best moment into the most disgusting moment of the Timberwolves all season. Sounds about cat, and it becomes an all-scoring night. Wemby puts up 33, KD goes for 43. Woo-wee! And it is the best of times, and it is the worst of times for Embiid and Jordan Poole. The snow hasn't even melted yet, so let's get right into it, Anthony, and drop that motherfucking beat that should be real. First up, uh, if the energy's a little low, I'm still a bit under the weather. So forgive me for not being my normally turned up self, um, but alert, alert. The Milwaukee Bucks have fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin. Middle of the season in his first year, hand-selected by Giannis. Oh, no. Damn, the league is out of control right now. Let me repeat. The second-place Milwaukee Bucks, who are 30-13, and 13, have fired their rookie head coach just 43 games into the year. And, folks, I wish I could say, who would have known? Who could have seen this coming? I wish I could say this came out of absolutely nowhere. But it didn't come out of nowhere, did it? It came out of somewhere. It came out of every logical place that you know. If you're an NBA fan, in the fiber of your being, you knew. You knew Adrian Griffin wasn't that guy. Here's what I said on the heat check in October when I was previewing the Bucks for the upcoming season. Mind you, we haven't even had one regular season game yet. And here's what I said about Adrian Griffin. The thing, though, that gives me great pause about Milwaukee is the fact that Adrian Griffin's a new head coach, and he clearly is on some power struggle bullshit. He is literally on the, I am new to the job, so I'm going to tell you I'm in charge. I am going to let you know who's wearing the big balls here. And so Terry Stotts, who coached Damian Lillard for nine years, comes to the team right before Dame gets traded, and then Adrian Griffin yells at him about some nonsense, and Terry Stotts is like, yeah, I'm done with this shit. That gives me great pause. It is this, I have to assert my dominance because I'm new at the job kind of vibe. Turns out, it was 100% right. My fear, and it turns out, those fears were very well-founded. 
The man couldn't even last a full season before getting jettisoned. Before Giannis was going on seven-minute rants, being like, hey, guys, we don't even know what we're doing plan-wise. We need to have a defensive scheme. Like, are we giving up threes? Are we giving up post-ups? Are we giving up slashes to the rim? Are we letting guys just get up dunks? Are we giving up mid-ranges? Because right now, we're giving up everything. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we should be giving up everything. We are a terrible defensive team as one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA coming on the heels of one of the best defensive teams in the NBA under Mike Budenholzer. He joins Adrian Griffin. He joins David Blatt of the LeBron Cavs team who got fired almost eight years ago to the day with a 30-11 and 11 record. Although it wasn't even his rookie season, that was his second year. So they had a full season and a half to evaluate David Blatt. You may ask yourself why. That's the question being asked. Chris Mannix of the Corps that used to be this, <laughs> that's wrong. The Corps that used to be SI, that's just fucked up for us to say. But it is the Corps that is SI. They are, they are dead. The bodies are hitting the flow. RIP to Sports Illustrated. Uh, this is what Chris Mannix says. There have been steady rumblings for weeks in NBA circles that several Bucks veterans, including Giannis, had lost faith in Griffin. What appeared to be a smart hire last spring just never worked out. Those rumblings became full-out growls and roars as Giannis repeatedly flamed the Bucks in every way, defensively in his post-game pressers as the team struggled to beat even the Detroit Pistons two nights ago. And let's face it, if you can barely beat the Pistons, you are having a real hard time. If you need 45 from Dame to beat the Detroit Pistons, you are a really, really bad defensive team. And yeah, I know Drew's gone and Dame's a turnstile, but that just is not enough of an excuse for you to be so fucking bad. Griffin thought he was going to create some new plan about how to become a better defensive team despite the fact that his roster did not really align with his quote-unquote scheme. Be honest. It was really fucking terrible. He wanted to bring Brooke Lopez up further in drop coverage and then get proceeded to get roasted at the rim, so much so that a fucking coup, like two games into the season, was staged where they said, no, no, our defensive player of the year guy who is getting blocks on blocks on blocks, you need to let him do that. He's not a guy who's going to athletically stay with somebody in pick and roll. They refused to adapt to his new defensive scheme that clearly wasn't working, and he didn't have the personnel to make it work anyway. So instead of Instead of going back to Budenholzer's scheme or simplifying, he just put his feet down. He also talked about the fact that his whole team went against them and he basically had to capitulate. The man ran Terry Stotts out of town before there was ever a game. And if you don't remember Terry Stotts, shame on you, Damian Lillard's head coach for nine years. He was there before Damian Lillard even got there. And then was supposed to help with the offense. And for some reason, they had some sort of tiff. And he was deuces. Joe Prunty, again, is the interim head coach, a.k.a. I don't, I, 
I don't know what he's going to be doing. But the leading candidate to replace him full time? You won't believe it. You won't believe it if I say it. You'll say, Trista, you're lying. You'll say, Trista, I don't believe you. You'll say, how can this guy get another job? If we know that this team right now under Adrian Griffin is good in the standings, but we're, if we're honest with ourselves, isn't the true contender and being mediocre despite the roster that says they should be really good, it's not acceptable and it's championship or bust. And this can't be the leading candidate. You can't pitch me him. And I tell you, no, no, he's not only the leading candidate, he's already been embedded in the team like a snake, snake. Yes, folks, Doc fucking Rivers. The snake himself, he has been signed on since December as a consultant while working for ESPN and helping Adrian Griffin get his feet wet, all the while going back to management and saying, this guy ain't got it. And he's going to take this man's job after being fired for doing the exact same thing that Adrian Griffin did, only for many, 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 many more years. Look at the way that he's been sneak dissing the bucks in the media. This is fucking outrageous. I would rather see the return of Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, let's get, get random. Let's get random, dame. Just shoot from 30, dame. We're going to have a lot more on this, but if, if, Doc Rivers, if Doc Rivers gets hired, then all I can say is thank you to Jimmy Haslam because then I will know for sure. Dame Lillard will never get that fucking ring. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Let's move on. That would just be a shame. Let's move on. There's so much going on inside the association. My head is spinning. Monday night turned out to be one of the craziest nights in recent memory. Jaron Jackson had six steals in the first quarter. He had six steals in the first quarter. 
That is insane. I wouldn't even, that's not even going to make the podcast. That's how good the scoring, that's how good the performances were. It reminded me. We got to talk about something. I've been meaning to talk about this. There's a lot of people right now that are older than me that think that the NBA fucking sucks right now. They think that it's worse than it's ever been. And I am here to tell you, no, it is actually the opposite. We are now living in the golden age, the renaissance of scoring. It is become, and it's not because no, nobody plays defense either. It is because the players themselves have turned themselves into cheat codes. If you saw Joel Embiid any time this season, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Old heads like, yeah, nobody hustles, blah, 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 nobody bangs. You don't even remember what it was like in the era of Magic and Bird, blah, blah, blah. We don't care about that. Look at Nikola Jokic and Ant Edwards and LaMelo Ball and Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant and Embiid and so, so many more. Their footwork, their ability to get to the rim, their ability to have counters on their counters to score, their abilities to just figure out a way to maneuver their body. It is so much fun. Look at what has happened in the last five days in the NBA. Tatum went off for 38-11-5. Jalen Brunson went for 41-8-8. This is a man who some people are saying is not even an all-star. 41-8-8. If he's not an all-star, think about what that means for the NBA. Okay. Including at 20 in the fourth quarter in a, in a win over the Wizards. Jokic, 42-12-8 over the Wizards. Do you, see a do you see a trend here, by the way? G games against the Wizards. Um, Booker put up 52 in a blowout win against the Pelicans on Friday. Durant has 40 in a back-to-back -back games, including one without shooting a single free throw. But all of that, all of that takes a back seat to JoJo, Joel Embiid. Why? Joel Embiid on Monday night went off for 70 fucking points. 70. 70. I thought when it was trending on Twitter, it was a mistake. I thought there was no shot. The man, Joel Embiid, has been putting up 35, putting his hard hat on, and then sitting his ass down. Against this team, I thought to myself, there's no chance he plays more than three quarters. Seven, zero, 70. As in more, one more than 69. Nice. I think it's very difficult for me to process right now. I don't understand. That is a figure that in the grand scheme of things makes no sense. From 1963 to, to 2002, the NBA had four 70-point games. There's now been three in the last 13 months. That's where we're at right now, the golden age of scoring. Embiid is only the ninth player in history to score 70, only the third seven-footer, and he did it shooting two threes only. He is only the second player in history to have a 65, 15, and five or better night. The other guy, not Wilt. Michael Jordan. Speaking of Will, Joel Embiid is actually, if you look at it, playing better than Wilt. He is. He is scoring more points per minute this season than Will Chamberlain when he averaged 50 points per game. Joel Embiid, if he played all four quarters, all the games that he's played, would be averaging 50. No, ch I mean that's just not even that's not even a debate. He is so good right now. If if Joel Embiid can make it to the finish line. With 65 played games, 
and Jokic continues to play this way, I don't, I don't know how they don't just give two of them away. I don't know why they don't just give them both MVPs. You guys are now the MVPs, co-MVP for the next decade. That's where we're at right now. In his last 10 games, Embiid has gone off for 40, 11, and 6 with three steals and blocks in 35 minutes per, per game. Can you process that? Can you put your little mind to understanding how you score more than one point per minute? Yeah, he gets the ball, he jab steps, and he shoots over you, and you know pretty much what it feels like is 100% of the time it's going in, splash, unless you foul him, and then he's going to the free throw line, and he splash, splash. The Sixers are 8-2 and two in those games, in the last 10 games. They're covering numbers too. I know they didn't cover two nights ago, but boy, oh boy, was it close. This is the new NBA, and if you don't like it, then go the fuck home. I don't care about you. These guys are so incredibly gifted. I was saying this the other night. When Embiid misses a shot, I'm actually surprised. And you're talking about a guy who is seven feet two, and you are actually shocked when he takes a guy face up and he, and he puts it up. How good was it? How good is 70 points by Joel Embiid? Let's check in with Durant and see what he has to say. Brendan, I don't know if you saw Joel Embiid score 70. Cat had 60. 70? Yeah, Joel had a 70 today. 53. Yeah, 70. Yeah. So what did nights like tonight mean in the NBA? Shit. <laughs> it's insane what we got going on. We got bigs hitting 10 threes. Hitting 10 threes. When, you, when KD puts up 43, and you give him someone else's stat line and his response is, shit, that's, whoa, you have done something historic. This is the peak of basketball, people. Last night, lost in Embiid's historic night. Victor Wembanyama also incredible. In 28 minutes, he put up 33 points. Rookie, 10 for 19, 2 for 5 from 3, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. He was great, even if... Even if he got torched by Embiid, you're not stopping that man. You're not stopping that man. In fact, Victor gave a great rationale for why we are in the golden age of scoring, the return of the big man. He said this, a few years back it was more of a guards game, but now it's going to come back to a big man's game. I think it makes sense in terms of the game. we got guys, some guys all around the league who do a lot of stuff despite being very tall. It's just the way the game changes. Now we got to adapt. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a big man's game, Victor. It's a guards game. And those guards happen to be seven feet tall. That's what it is. That's what it is. Watch Joel Embiid's footage. Watch old Kobe footage. And tell me those men aren't the same. I'm not even supposed to be getting hyped up like this. Watch Kobe's footage. Watch Joel Embiid's footage. And tell me those men aren't doing the same thing out there. The, the back-to-the-basket moves that Joel Embiid has. The, the face-up moves, midi, right in your fucking face like a killer. Oh, yeah, by the way, that was on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point performance. You don't think that was lost? You think that was lost on, on the players who put up crazy numbers trying to become Kobe? Kobe. Embiid is shooting 42% from three. Chet, 39% from three. Jokic, 35% from three. And that's just a regular season. Watch what, what Jokic does in the playoffs. Shooting 50% from three in the playoffs. Kevin Durant, who is, let's be honest, he's seven feet tall, but he calls himself 6'10", because, you know, why not? 
46% from three. It is still the age of the guard. But they're seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. How, if you're Damian Lillard, do you survive? This is why Aunt Edwards and Anthony Black and kids who are 6'7 to 6'9 with guard skills, that's why they like survival of the fittest, are eating 6'1 guards and spitting them to the G League. If you are 6'1 right now, you should be terrified. If you are a college player and you are under 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and you play guard, I'm sorry, you might think about playing in China. This is going down. This shit is going down every night. Who is going to be today? Who's going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be Giannis going for 50, 60, 70? Donovan Mitchell going for 70? Dame going for 80? I mean, probably not Dame going for 80 with this Bucks team. Let's be honest, because their offense doesn't work right now. But shit, would you be shocked if Terry Rozier, who just got traded to the Heat, goes for 40 one night? Tyler Hero, 45? I mean, we got, let's be real. We got real mid guys that can put up 50. That just shows you that the league's really, really good right now. Between 95 and 2000, here are the following players who scored 50 or more points. Michael Jordan did it three times. AI, twice. Shaq, twice. Malone's raping ass, twice. Cliff Robinson, once. Vince Carter, once. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, once. Claps to me for pronouncing that correctly. Hakeem Olajuwon, once. Alonzo Mourning, once. Tracy Murray, once. Ten different players put up 15 50-point games in five years. Let's go into the modern numbers. Just last year, there were 25 50-point games from 15 different players. Luka Doncic, four times. Damian Lillard, three times. Joel Embiid, three times. Devin Booker, two times. Giannis, twice. Curry, twice. Donovan Mitchell, once. Julius Randle, AD. Klay Thompson, shocker. Pascal Siakam, Darius Garland, woo. Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, and Giannis. I already said Giannis. Giannis did it twice. There have been 11 50-point or more games already this year, and we are halfway through. Do you think that things are exponentially getting bigger, better, faster, stronger, better footwork, just more buckets? So, yes. If you don't like it, then probably start billions or something. I don't know. But I personally love it. Just like I love me some Joel Embiid. He is enough, him and Kelly Oubre and Tyrese Maxey and Nick Nurse are enough to get me to fall in love with the Sixers team. I truly believe this is the best team in the East, and I think Joel Embiid and Nick Nurse are much made Let's move on. Some quick news from around the league. As an addendum to Joel Embiid's 70 points, I would be remiss. Uh, not to mention that Carl Anthony Towns had a career night himself. Had a franchise record, in fact. And it was very much related to what Joel Embiid was doing. So Towns was going crazy at 44 in the first half. Uh, he was the first player in history to hit 10 threes, 10 twos, and 10 free throws in the game. Goes off for 62. The problem, though, is that the Wolves found out that, 50, uh, that Embiid had 50 at half. And they decided they were going to try to go toe-to-toe with Embiid. They were going to try to game the system to get Carl Anthony Towns to put up Embiid-type numbers. And here's the problem. 
uh, stat padding for Carl Anthony Towns or anyone can lead to big problems. And it worked for a while. Cat had 58 by the end of the third quarter. But the problem was that the Charlotte Hornets also were trying to make shots, and they weren't going to lay down and die just because Carl Anthony Towns wanted to score 70 as well. In fact, the Hornets, knowing that Minnesota was just going to give Cat the ball in the fourth quarter, and that was pretty much all that they were going to do, they decided, oh, we'll just send everybody at him, triple team him, quadruple team him. And, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, his ego, kept missing shots, would not pass. The Hornets outscored the Wolves 36-18 in the fourth quarter and won by three. Only... Carl Anthony Towns could do this. Only, only he could turn the best performance in his career to something that makes me like him less. Guess who also was pissed about the stat padding? His head coach. Let's listen in. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. Disgusting. You're, when your own coach is roasting the whole team because you wanted to go toe-for-toe with Joel Embiid, who can go for 70 quite casually, and you need to make a concerted effort to get points, this is just so Carl Anthony Towns. Chris Finch has every right to be pissed. The Wolves are a really good team. They're number one in the West. They're a great defensive team. But when you allow the Charlotte Hornets to beat you, oh, baby, it's not a good sign. Shouldn't hurt them in the long run, but it does go to show you that they have a weakness, and that's how you exploit it. Exploit Carl Anthony Towns' oversized ego that is masking his insecure behavior and his soul. And maybe, just maybe, you can uh, dethrone them in the playoffs. Let's move on. There was a major trade that went on, uh, big implications in the Eastern Conference. I'm sure some teams are not happy about the move. Miami Heat finally pulled the trigger. Decided by Kyle Lowry, you stink. They send him 2027 first-round pick to the Charlotte Hornets for Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. We've been talking about this trade for a while now. There's been pictures of Terry Rozier photoshopped in heat gear and he's liking them he's talking about heat culture he's putting uh, photos on his instagram of heat banners i mean it was very obvious he wanted to go to the heat he was telegraphing that all the way he's averaging 23.2 points per game right now along with 6.6 assists also a career high he is i think one of the more underrated guards in the league because he's playing for charlotte nobody really knows who he is i told somebody about him uh, when the trade went down, and they said, who's that? You're going to find out who he is if you're a casual fan. He's going to fit heat culture like a glove. The kid is about as hard as rocks. Pause. He's a younger, faster version of Kyle Lowry. He doesn't play nearly as good a defense, but he can score. If you look at his advanced stats, really, it's truly, he's in the same category as Edwards and Desmond Bain. He's a top 25 player in the league statistically. Lowry was, in the last month, terrible. He's horrible. You don't even know how many points he was scoring per game in, in this month. 4.2. 4.2 points per game for Kyle Lowry. 4.2. You got to get rid of that man. He's on his last leg. He was an expiring contract, so you knew he was going to go anyway, and now they find somebody to help him produce. It's a desperate move. It's a move that's like Damian Lillard liked. 
They got rid of that 2027 first-round pick. They were going to do it regardless, it sounds like. They just needed to make a move. That's it's huge. It's a huge piece for them. They now have multiple guys. They have three guys right now that are scoring more than 20. Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and Bam. I think that's the only trio in the NBA right now that's doing that. You've got Duncan Robinson not just shooting threes anymore. He's slashing. He's playing really well. You've got Kevin Love, who's there as a veteran player. You got Jaime Hawkes, who's going to make all rookie team. And now you got Terry Rozier, who you might say has done absolutely nothing of note because he's been playing for the Charlotte Hornets. But let me remind you, he's played significant playoff minutes as the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics when they made their early deep playoff run when Jason Tatum was actually just 19, not just we joke about him being 19. He was the one who said, hey, I want to be the starting point guard, not Kyrie, not Marcus Smart. And they said, well, we can't do that for you, Scary Terry. You got to go somewhere else. But he can play. That boy can play. And the Heat are going to love him, and he's going to make an immediate impact. But if they're not top six, it's, they're still fucked because they're going to have to face a murderer's row. Bucks, Cavs, Celtics, Sixers. No, you'll play. If you're out of the play-in, you're going to have to go through one, two, three period, in order to get to where you need to go. Finally, a sad note, short and pool time. Today, as a funny lead-in, the Washington Wizards were giving away towels, pool towels, that said pool party on them with a cartoon of Jordan Poole on them. And I said to myself, are we sure we want to do that where we're actively shopping him? Jordan Poole has had a rough go. I hate what he has become. I hate, I hate the saga of Jordan Poole because I met him when he was a freshman at Michigan when they went to the Final Four, and he was a great kid. Something, somewhere along the way, Jordan Poole has, has lost himself. I can't remember a player so pure that got so good so fast, fall as fast, really, and still remained one of the most arrogant players in the NBA. So he's so bad right now that you have guys that are just being thrown in to trade fodder. And you can just go back to recent trades and maybe figure out who that is. Clowning him for squandering his opportunity to be the man in Washington, to be literally the franchise player. Not on a good team, but who fucking cares? There's only 30 of them, 32 of them. And so if you can be the number one dude in any team, you probably should take it seriously, but Jordan Poole does not care. And when he was told about these randoms talking shit about Jordan Poole to his face, you know what he said? He said, I don't, those people don't know me. They don't know what the fuck I'm about. They just want to be me. I got my money. I got my chip. I don't need to do a shit. No, Jordan Poole, you are about to be one of the most cautionary tales in all of the NBA. So they play the Nuggets the other night, dropping the Wizards to 7-35 and 35 because, as you may imagine, they lost that game. And Jordan Poole had another bad game. How bad was it, though? Four points on one for seven shooting, one rebound, zero assists, two turnovers, and four fouls in 28 minutes. They say you can't recover until you hit rock bottom. And if this isn't rock bottom, I don't know what is. In the last month, 
Jordan Poole has three games of 23 or more minutes and five or fewer points. He had three games like that in three years in Golden State. There have been a lot of rapid declines in the NBA, but I can't remember one for a player this young and this talented without a major injury being the reason. I hope Jordan Poole figures it out. It's got to be something between the ears, and I hope that someone gets through to him. In the meantime, just a sad, sad tale. That's all the time that we have for this episode of The Heat Check. Come back for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which will drop like icicles from the frozen roof unexpectedly. Do not forget to follow The Heat Check all season long. That means download, subscribe, tell your friends, all of them. Even that sad Bills fans smoking a heater in front of the hotel in the frigid cold at midnight in downtown Buffalo after you just got done puking your brains out when you're walking your dog in 10-degree temperature. Tell them, hey, I feel for you. Don't let him talk shit about Josh Allen. Tell him, hey, Josh, give the ball up on that underneath route instead of trying to score with two minutes left. And while you're at it, tell Josh Allen to download the heat check. It smokes just like you do. Anyway, follow us on social at this heat check and at Tristan Crick on TikTok, Instagram, 